Social Sector Stories, Episode 1. In accordance with our podcast launch announcement, I am delighted to share that our first episode sees Professor Alan Ross as our inaugural guest. In this podcast, we cover the overarching idea of doing social good, an overview of the inception of the Berkeley Group, and a look into what college kids should look forward to after graduating. We also dive into the background of Professor Alan Ross, who has been a lecturer at the University of California, Berkeley since 1990, teaching ethics and an undergraduate colloquium course in political science. Prior to this, he was an executive assistant for the Clinton-Raleigh campaigns and served as a general counsel for Almerly, an investment firm in San Francisco. His educational background includes a Bachelor in Arts from the University of California, Berkeley, as well as a JD from the University of California, Davis. I couldn't imagine a better way to kick off our podcast than to bring on our faculty sponsor. So without further ado, here we go. Five, four, three, two, one. here today with our faculty sponsor, Professor Alan Ross. Just sort of want to talk about doing social good at a very high level, and so I think the best way to get started is just if you could give us a little bit of a background on yourself. Born and raised in San Francisco. Made it all the way to Berkeley for college and pretty much have stayed since. Um, Got the lucky job of being able to teach here at Haas in 1990, so this is 28 years here at Haas and um, teach law and I teach ethics. And luckily, many years ago, a group of students came up to me and said, well, that ethics you're teaching, how about let's bring it into the real world? And um, that's how the Berkeley group got started. A small group of students came up to me and said, we have this idea. And I was all for it because in my teaching, the thing I like most is when students get involved in the real world whether it be in my political science class where I get kids involved in campaigns or in the business class where they're interning in all kinds of nonprofits. And uh, I was so excited to get involved with it and had no idea it would grow the way it has, thinking it would be one of those typical student organizations that starts a year or two later. People are like, whatever happened to? And uh, certainly that's not the case here. Cool. I mean, yeah, that's definitely great context. And um just going back a little, so you studied um, political science here when you were at Berkeley. What I wouldn't inspired? exactly say studied, but <laughs> I majored in it and I enrolled. But uh, I spent more time at the swimming pool than actually studying political science, but that's another story. <laughs> well, what encouraged you to sort of take up law after that? Like, I mean, I guess it makes sense given that you did, I mean, didn't well, study, but studied. But, but uh, you take a political science degree. And uh, you tell me three other things you can do with it aside from go to law school. (laughs) 21-year-old boy who had no clue, of course you go to law school because law schools will take you. And that's an issue I've I've been very passionate about ever since, that trying to get kids to not go directly to law school and think about what they want and get involved in the community before they make that jump. And that was a mistake I made at 21. And I'm always hoping that I can keep other kids from jumping that way because it turned out that Law school was not something I enjoyed, nor was the career in law anything like I thought it would be, because it's a good idea to not make your life decisions based on television. (laughs) Who would have thought that uh, television wasn't real? You know, all those law shows that they have the lawyers pounding on the desk and solving the case in one hour and having the witness all of a sudden say, it was me. Turns out that's not exactly what law is like, and I found out the hard way. 
Yeah, definitely. I guess uh, for some point, I actually wanted to also be a lawyer, but after watching seven seasons of Suits, I guess it's not <laughs> even dramatic the way it actually is portrayed there. Yeah. So law school is not for me. I, had, I had Perry Mason, which was very dramatic in <laughs> black and white, and you guys have no idea what I'm talking about, but you can Google it. So what was the transition like from being a lawyer to coming back to Haas, becoming faculty member like? Um, you left out a period that was in between actually three years of unemployment, hanging out, playing tennis, lost. Because uh, after law, I then I went into politics, running political campaigns, which I was truly passionate about and thought that was going to be my career, mm-hmm. only to find out the only people slimier than lawyers on this earth are politicians. So I went from bad to worse and mm-hmm. just couldn't stand the idea of working with politicians. And then took a few years off where really quite lost, not knowing what I wanted to do. And thankfully, a friend of mine pushed me into teaching because it was not a career I had planned to go to at all, because I wasn't the typical student who just loved school and um, was a perfect fit for teaching. But he said, just give it a try. And the first day, I'll never forget, I was my 29th birthday, my first day of teaching. I loved my, my job right away and knew this was it. And uh, yeah, that was quite a while ago. So. Getting lucky makes all the difference to knowing the right people, right place, right time, and it all worked very well. That's and awesome. getting to stay in Berkeley, too, <laughs> which is the luckiest part, too. In terms of the Berkeley group, how did it really start? I know stories a little bit about like four students that came up to you in your UGBA 103 class. 107. They were 107. all in my Ethics 107, and uh, it was completely their idea, mm-hmm. and they came up and said, we'd like to start this. and. There were, you know, no, there was, I guess, Berkeley Consulting was the only group that existed at the time. And then they said, no, we really want to help nonprofits, and uh, which is something I'm so passionate about. And um, they worked really hard getting it going, and they were worked really well together, and it was fantastic from the get-go. Mm-hmm. Getting projects wasn't so easy initially, because Still no one had heard <laughs> of them and all. But uh, I helped them with that a little bit, and, um, you know, bit by bit. Each semester got a little stronger. Mm-hmm. There, there were some hiccups along the way, which uh, hasn't been for many years, but um, everything's smoothed out beautifully. Mm-hmm. So how do you see, how have you seen this organization change from its inception to what it is at this current moment while we're talking? And how do you hope sort of that the Berkeley Group will change moving forward? Um, it's so professional today and how well run it is. I mean, every semester, it's just so smooth. Whereas most student groups, as soon as one group graduates, it's basically starting all over again, having to reinvent the wheel. And there's so much waste of time and effort. And with you guys, it's just phenomenal how you are so on top of everything. People are always training the next generation. And so it can move forward so beautifully. Going forward, I hope people, and this is something I always preach, that have their eyes wide open and see other opportunities to take the group in different directions possibly and not always feel it has to be exactly as it has been. Mm-hmm. And it seems like this year there were things like that happening and I'm always glad to hear that people feel free to try something new in addition to what you're doing. You don't have to give up that at all and you can still try new projects and all mm-hmm. and uh, be successful with that. What advice do you have for students that are so clouded nowadays by sort of getting into Goldman Sachs or a McKinsey, a Bain, a BCG, a Morgan Stanley type role. Mm -hmm. Um, 
what would you encourage them to really think about? Because I know that you said that you went down a path that you thought was right, ended up being worse. It got even more worse when it went to politics, and then you finally found your way back. But what would you recommend? Stop and think, what is the reason you're doing it? Is it truly your passion, or is it someone else's? Your parents, your um, fellow students that you're trying to you know, jump along with? Or is it something deep inside of you? If it's inside of you, I say go for it and go for it the best you can and be the best you can. And meaning that not be in it just for yourself. Whenever you have opportunities to help others, do so. And within that profession, whatever you choose. But I've had so many former students come back that would have done anything to get the consulting job, the banking job, and a year later they're out of there because it wasn't the right fit at all and they didn't stop before they jumped. And just like I didn't before law school. And so I highly recommend the summer internships and take that experience seriously enough to say, was it for me? As opposed to, they gave me the offer, I'll now just stay on because it's the easiest road. I've had so many students come up to me and say they didn't really enjoy their summer or they outright disliked their summer internship and yet they still accepted their offer. And that's really sad to me because there's so many opportunities out there and to feel like I'll just take the safe road at 21, 22, that's a very bad precedent because if you're taking the safe road at this age, it doesn't bode well for the future. Wow, that's definitely very, very profound advice and something that, I mean, I think all of us at this age in college will definitely have to think about um, as we graduate and then into our future working years, our like early and late 20s. Um, so just stepping back a little bit to nonprofits and the whole focus of the Berkeley Group, what do you think is the most misconceived thing about nonprofits? What do people not get about nonprofits? I guess how much they can achieve. A lot of people hear nonprofit and they think of, you know, six people sitting around a commune and, uh, you know, spinning their wheels as opposed to the tremendous work many nonprofits are doing and can do with and also with a little assistance uh, and that's the thing that you guys can do such a good job of bringing helping them with the things that maybe certain professional skills they may lack but they are capable of so much and and they are so needed in society today people don't realize the role nonprofits are playing i think because government social services aren't what they used to be especially here in california with all the budget cuts and all and so the need for nonprofits to fill roles that government maybe once did are tremendous. And people don't realize how much is being done and can be done by these groups. Yeah, that's definitely something that I realized having consulted for three projects now, having led one and just this semester overseeing uh, the various types of projects that our project leaders are taking on. It's definitely something that's pretty that's gotten wrong a lot of the time. And I think that's um great clarification so we're just actually winding down on time here do you have like any i guess last words of advice for students in general you know and you hear it of every time we follow your passion but i can't tell you how important that is and if you don't know what your passion is which a lot of people don't yet take time and find it now that doesn't mean you know be on hold you can go take any job that you want but be listening to your inner voice at all times and so when you're in a position see what you like what you don't like and then evaluate do I want to continue here where do I want to go in the future what opportunities will I have 
that will best employ what I love to do because I'm so fortunate that every day I get to come somewhere where I really want to be and love what I do and it makes all the difference. It'll make you the best employee leader that you can be if it's somewhere that you truly are passionate. And I see too many people burying their passion and going for what they deem success, whether it be financial or prestige, and they're really missing out because they're never going to achieve as much as they'd like if it's not deep down inside of them. You can only fake it for so long and then it comes back to catch up with you, whether you be 30 or 40 or even later on in your career, if that's not really where you meant to, were meant to be. Yeah, that, that's another very deep piece of advice that I'll have to think about, and everyone else that's listening should also think about it. So I just want to give a round of applause for Professor Alan Ross, who has supported us so far and will continue to support us, and he was awesome. Note uh, there's a standing ovation going on <laughs> in the room right now that you, you, you obviously can't see in the listening audience. <laughs> Thank you so much for taking the time today. This was a lot of fun, and I hope you'll do it again. My pleasure. Anytime for Berkeley Group.